0: Well, again, great to be with you, great to see you today. Hope you guys had a good, uh, good Christmas break, still have school off tomorrow. Um, it's great, uh, great to be here uh, with you today. Well, being that it is uh, New Year's Day, right, it's a day where a lot of people maybe look back at the last year, uh, kind of reminisce, highlights, lowlights, um, and then look forward uh, to this next year. What are some, what are some goals, right? Um, you know, uh, maybe your highlight from the last year is uh, you had a baby born this past year. Hey, welcome back, Noah. Um, you know, uh, I think for me, uh, personally, one of, one of my greatest highlights of the last year uh, is just hearing the number of your stories, here the number of your testimonies, uh, whether it was, uh, where's Josh Piazza? Josh Piazza, or what? Oh, yeah. oh my gosh, Luke is, oh my gosh, Luke Piazza. Oh man, that was embarrassing. Um, there's a reason why the number of times I called people by their last names, I did, anyway, okay. Luke Piazza sharing his testimony at Friday Night Live, Alexis, a bunch of other eighth uh, Alexis Kindle shared at our last Friday Night Live, uh, a bunch of the eighth graders sharing at the Friday Night Live at the, the end of the year, um, or just a number of baptism videos uh, from you guys this year. Uh, just a few weeks ago, uh, Emma Turner, I don't know if have seen Emma this morning, uh, oh, yeah, Uh, uh, Or Avery Tomlinson, uh, Taylor Stanos a few weeks ago, Matthew Fitz, a whole bunch of, like, I felt like every other week, um, every other week, uh, like I was playing another baptism video in junior high. And, you know, the thing that just always gets me in the stories, uh, you know, it's not just like, hey, I woke up one day and I had never even heard about Jesus, but then I heard about Jesus that day, and I decided to, to become a Christian, right? Or, you know, it was never like a one-day thing, right? In all of the stories, it's this process of God working in your life. And even if the process was, I grew up in a Christian home, right? That's, there's a whole long story behind that of God working, shaping, and transforming uh, our, our lives. And then, and then Looking forward, it's a you know today is a day where people look forward. We make our New Year's resolutions. Here, has made a New Year's resolution. Anyone? A couple, couple people. Okay, I'll be I'll be honest with you. I've only ever made one New Year's resolution that I've ever kept. Okay, um, that was a, a couple years ago. I was really annoyed with myself, like. I was supposed to write leader notes for all the small group leaders and get them actually out to the leaders on time. And I was just always late. And I was like, this year, I will get them out every Monday. I'm going to do it. I did it every Monday for an entire year. Only New Year's resolution I've ever kept. But that was a few years ago. Anyway, um, but you know, that, that, that same thing about a, a process or a, a story, right? It's the, same, it's the same principle that's required to keep... Any New Year's resolution, right? It's not, I mean, unless your resolution is I'm just gonna eat whatever good food my mom serves me, right? Um, you, you don't just magically arrive at success, right? You don't just magically uh, get, get to your goal, but there's a process, a discipline that gets you to, the, to your goal, right? If my goal is to run a marathon, I don't just like sign up for the marathon and then just show up to the marathon, right? I train, I run. I mean, I guess if you did, you could and it would just be really, yeah, never mind. You wouldn't make it. Um... Uh, you know, if your goal is to get straight A's this year, right, it's going to take the effort of like actually studying, right, um, to get there. You don't just, uh, you, you may actually have to do some homework, right? You don't just magically get straight A's. You know, if. If your goal is to become diamond-ranked and valorant, right? right, there's going to be a grind there. There's going to be a lot of games that you got to play, some aim labs. Whatever the goal, there's a continued work and effort that, that comes behind it. And I think the same thing is true spiritually, right? As we're in a new year, I feel like a lot of times people come into a new year and they say, you know what, this year I want to I be closer to God. Well me being closer to God isn't just something that happens because I decided I decided to wake up and today I'm closer to God. But I believe it's something that in the same way is is a process, a disciplined approach of me. Daily, uh, consistently reading God's word, or, or going for walks, or doing something similar—that's going to help me focus as I pray. Right? You know, I'm going I'm to take these—you know—15 minutes walk around my neighborhood so I so I can pray. I have a hard time praying sitting still, as you probably noticed. I have a hard time standing still too. Um, you know, I, I did, if I'm going to grow, you know, this year, I'm going to have to pri- prioritize being in small groups, being in community, maybe over over the sport I play. Uh, maybe, maybe, to help me grow, I want to write out my prayers this year, right so so again, it forces me to think and, and think through things. Maybe, I, maybe I'm a little shy and, and uh, man, I'd love to try out a small group or I'd love to try out winter retreat or summer camp, but I'm afraid and, like, there's people and I don't know what's going to happen and it's kind of weird and awkward. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to step out of my comfort zone and, and put myself out there to be as part uh, of a community. You know, I, I want to I wanna reach out to my friends. Well, it doesn't just happen without me actually taking some level of initiative, some, uh, some disciplined approach there? Um, you know, am I going to, if I want to learn this year, I'm going to grow this year. I'm going to, I'm going to come on Sunday mornings or Wednesday nights or when I'm talking with other people and really engage, you know, engage in the conversation. Uh, we both know that sometimes we're listening to things, we're talking to our parents or whatever, and we're just like, they're talking, but it's just like, wah, 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 wah. Like I zone out. Um, And I'm going to have to actually focus. All these things, right? All these things are examples and steps that's saying, hey, if if my goal is to grow in my relationship with God, it's going to take some steps, some actions uh, on, um, on on my part. I don't just snap my fingers in everything with God. Uh, is amazing. Well, today, uh, today we are starting a, a new series in junior and senior high called He Gets Us. We're going to be looking uh, at a lot of stories in the gospel of Matthew in particular, and we'll pull through some other, uh, other gospels. and In many ways, this is looking at the humanity uh, of Christ because I believe Jesus understands you and Jesus understands me uh, far more uh, than, than we realize. He understands what we are going through. And uh, this first side of Hebrews is going to be our theme verse for the entire series. Um, we'll kind of, I'm sure every week in some ways uh, it will be mentioned. And it's found in Hebrews chapter 4. I'm going to start off and read this. It says, Since then we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold fast to our confession. It says here that we have a great high priest. Now, back in, back in their days, what he's referencing here in, in, the, in the temple, in the Jewish culture, right? You couldn't talk directly to God. You would go to the high priest. You would go to the temple. You would offer your sacrifice. They would be, they would be kind of an intermediary for you, right? They'd be kind of a go-between for you. And he's saying, now we have a high priest who is Jesus. Our way of talking to God is Jesus. Um, And because of this, let's hold fast to our confession or hold fast to what we believe. And he continues, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are yet without sin." What he's saying here is we don't have this high priest who doesn't understand us, who doesn't get us. We have a high priest. Our go-between is one who totally gets us in not just some respect, but in every respect. Everything about you, Jesus gets. Now, um, a lot of you know I I go to Haiti a lot, uh, and we work with, a a lot of you have been with me to, to Haiti to work with this church school and orphanage there. And the lives of the kids there are very different than the lives you and I are, have experienced, right? Um, whether it's, shoot, they're in, they're in an orphanage. There's, there's just extreme poverty. There's hunger issues. You know, I have never questioned where my next meal is coming from. Never questioned if I'm going to have a roof over my head or any of these sorts of things, right? And there's an element when I go there, I can't relate to what they're going through. I I try to sympathize but I can't really relate to what they're going through. What this verse is saying is God because Jesus came, lived his life here. He understands everything you and I are going through. And we're going to look at a lot of these different ways that he gets us over the course of this series. And then finally he says, let us then with confidence not just Hey God, I hope you want them to, to talk to me, Jesus, but with a confidence, draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need, because God totally gets us, he understands us, we can go to him and we 're not going to get the oh, this is weird i don 't know you just got problems, buddy, but someone who really gets us. I know some of the some of the um Man, the harder times in my life, talking to someone who has gone through the exact same experiences that I was going through, man, that helped so much. I was like, you get the way that I'm thinking right now. And that's what this passage is saying. I can go to you confidently, God, because you get every emotion and thought and things uh, that I uh, am going through. And... Um, Today, uh, today, as we kind of kick off this series, we're going to talk about how Jesus prepared for ministry, okay? How he prepared, uh, what kind of some of those steps, in the, the, <clears throat> excuse me, that process that prepared him for ministry. As I think it can be really easy for us to think of Jesus, day one, he was born, how cute in a manger, we got all the stereotypical Mary and uh, Mary. Uh, Joseph with Jesus in the manger. And then the very next day, he's walking on water and saying, water, peace be still. Yo, I can, you know, there's winds and waves. Hey, knock that off. Oh, you're sick. Boom, you're healed. Let's go. Let me give you a little sermon here. Let me tell you a little parable over here. And it was day one, I was a baby. Day two, I can do any miracle. I want Lazarus, rise from the grave. And and I think it's just, it's really easy for us um, to, to say, well, yeah, he just went from baby to 30-something year old dude doing all these miracles, right? Like that just happened day one to day two. But I do think there's this process of preparation uh, and, and that he was going that he was going through, and that's what we are gonna look at today. Before we do that, just got kind of, you want you to turn to your neighbor, turn to a few people around you, a little discussion. What's a goal that you have for 2023 and what steps do you think it will take you for to achieve that goal? You have two minutes, go. Okay, um, so just, uh, just as a little bit of review, okay, what did we celebrate last Sunday? Yes, Christmas. Wow, that's amazing. Okay, um, now, who were the first people to visit Jesus, Mary, and Joseph? Yes, the shepherds, the shepherds okay? Uh, we can read about that in Luke chapter 2. Uh, then uh, the next people that we here that come and visit Jesus are? Okay, wise men, okay? You can read, the, read about that in Matthew chapter two. Um, and what do the, the magi or wise men do after they leave Jesus? After they leave Jesus, what do they do? Okay, yeah, they go a different way home, so they don't, uh, they pass by Herod. Uh, and we read this in Matthew, uh, Matthew chapter two, uh, we read, then Herod, when he saw that he had been tricked by the wise man, became furious, and he sent and killed all the male children between uh, in Bethlehem and in all that region who were two years and older or under, according to the time that he had ascertained from the wise men. So um, he goes, kills all of them because he's trying, trying to get rid uh, of Jesus. Well, in, in response to that, or really before this, to make sure that Jesus doesn't die, uh, we read this in Matthew chapter two, verse thirteen. It says, "Now, when the wise men had departed, behold the angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, "Rise, take the child and his mother, flee to Egypt, and remain there until I tell you, for Herod is about to search for the child to destroy him and He rose and took the child and his mother by night and departed to Egypt, and remained there till the death of Herod. Now um, uh, Jesus, I, I think, was likely born uh, my Best guess, or a lot of the scholars' best guess, is about four BC, um, and then Herod dies in about one BC. So there, they flee to Egypt uh, for about uh, three, three, maybe four years. Now, a few things I want to I want to just us to stop and think about for a second here about Jesus as an infant. Um, first of all, Jesus was helpless and defenseless. Joseph had to protect him here. Uh, He was a baby that had to be wrapped uh, in swaddling clothes and laid in a manger. Now this is the God of the universe who according to John 1, 1 says, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. And then it talks about in, in John 1 how Jesus created all things. God himself who created all things is now a helpless Defenseless little baby who Joseph has to take and, and kind of run for his life uh, so he is not killed. Now, who here, uh, anyone get Lego sets for Christmas? Lego sets? Okay, there we go. Proud, proud, proud. Yeah, there we go. Um, now, here's a, just a silly image from the Brick Testament, right? Here's the Magi. giving Gold Frank Stinson's birth to Jesus. I don't know if you ever looked at the Brick Testament. Silly, silly website. Um, But track with me for a second here, okay? Shh, okay. I have never thought of my Legos having to protect me. I've never thought of my Legos having to protect me. But here is the God of the universe down in his creation having to be protected by his creation. Because I I do think the difference between me and my Legos is about the same difference as between me and God. God is that far infinitely greater, smarter, etc. than me. And he's entering our world Helpless, defenseless, and, it, and I'm sure at times you get frustrated, feeling like you're treated like a kid, right? Why am I treated like a kid, parent me you or know, mom and dad? Why don't you respect me? Why do you treat me like a kid? Why do you treat me like a kid? Jesus here is the God of the universe, and now. He has to learn how to walk. He has to learn to be potty trained. He has to learn all these menial, t- menial things like how to move his arms, right? The one who created all things by speaking is now bound as a little baby, right? He's got to have someone else change his diaper. I mean, how humiliating is that for the God of the universe, Right? I don't know if any of you change your younger siblings' diapers or changed a lot of kids' diapers. But it's like a humiliating process and Jesus is like having to deal with that, right? He can't even communicate, right? As a baby, baby is, you know, he's like, I'll learn how to speak. He's like, my voice used to create things and now I can all go goo goo gaga blah blah right? That's, that's, you know, this is kind of where, where he was at. I mean, I hope you see Kind of the the frustration that could have been for Jesus, but also how he was going through a phase of preparation. He had to learn all the same things you and I uh, you and I had to do. He was helpless and defenseless. And second, he had to physically grow up. As I already mentioned, he had to learn to walk, talk. Um, He had to you know learn how to run and and uh, you know, I mean, just some a lot of like the basic life skills. He had to learn how to do, right? I'm hoping most of you here know how to like do your own laundry and things like that. But you know, Jesus had to learn how to like clean up stuff too, right? These are the like um, part of the preparation steps that set you up for life. Jesus had to do. He didn't go from baby to walking on water in one day. He went through all the steps of preparation. Very similar to the steps of preparation that you are going through today that set you up for life. Skills, like you're doing your laundry and all those sorts of things. Cooking, he had to learn those uh, skills. And again, talk about humility. That the God of the universe would humble himself in that way. Last thing I want you to pull from this passage and I hope you see from this passage is Jesus had to deal with, with hard and stressful situations right? Um, you know, he, his whole family, again, is exiles in Egypt, running for their lives uh, uh, there. You know, and, and I think many of you, praise be to God, have, have had really easy lives. The hardest decision you've had to make is, which video game do I want to play uh, today when I wake up, right? Praise God for that. But I know there's a lot of you that have faced some really hard life situations already. And Jesus understands that. He's not like, oh, well, sucks for you. He's like, I get that. I understand what's going on. He gets the stress that you face. Well then the the really the only other story we have of Jesus growing up uh, is found in Luke Luke chapter 2. I'm sure a few of you have heard it before. And uh, we read this starting in Luke 2, verses 40, 41 and 42. It says, Now his parents went up to Jerusalem every year at the Feast of the Passover, and when he was 12 years old, they went up according to the custom. How many of you here are 12 years old? 12-year-olds, raise your hand. Okay, okay. If you're number, okay. 12 years old, right? Um, that's how old Jesus is Uh, at this time. Now, there are three feasts a year where all the Jewish people were supposed to kind of go up from wherever they were in Israel, uh, make the trek, uh, and go to Jerusalem, okay? And this is no different than a lot of us today. Like, we gather together as a family at Thanksgiving and Christmas and throw in one holiday, 4th of July, right? We gather together as family there, uh, and that's that's what they were supposed to do to worship the Lord, uh, worship the Lord together. And now everyone was, everyone was doing it, the whole town, uh, Jesus was in Nazareth, probably the whole town of Nazareth, a couple hundred people, would all kind of caravan and walk uh, together uh, to Jerusalem a couple days journey, okay? Now, when, it, when the feast ended, as they were returning, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem and his parents did not know it. But supposing him to be in the group, they went a day's journey. But when they began to search for him among their relatives, uh, but then they began to search for him among their relatives and acquaintances. So what happens? Again, probably a group of three, four hundred people are all returning back, uh, back uh, to uh, from Jerusalem to Nazareth, right? And Mary and Joseph were like, oh, you know, they have some other kids by now too, and they're like, yeah, we got the other ones. I'm sure Jesus is hanging out with cousin, cousin. Philip back there, I don't know what kid cousin is, whatever. Like, I'm sure he's just hanging out with his cousins back there. Yeah, 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 we're just going to start walking, right? And they get to, to, to camp that night uh, and uh, get them some food. And they're like, hey, have you seen Jesus? I thought you had, I thought Jesus was with you. I, just, I thought Jesus was with you. What are you talking about? And they uh, are kind of freaking out. Um, and when they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem, searching him. After three days, they found him in the temple, sitting among the teachers. And look at what he's doing. Listening to them and asking them questions. Now, Jesus isn't sitting there in the temple, telling all the, all the religious leaders, hey, let me explain everything to you. He is listening. The God of the universe. Listening. Listening. Asking questions, not telling them things. You know I think here, Jesus Jesus is going to school, just like you uh, you guys are, are in school. Jesus is in, uh, in school. Um, and and I like there's got to be this part of me that's like Jesus is sitting there like listening, asking questions, and he's like, "I created these people, and yet I'm still trying to learn from them. Again, think of his humility there. I know you've sat in your class, if you're anything like me, you're listening to your teacher and you're like, this teacher's clueless. This teacher's dumb. Why am I learning this? This is pointless. Here Jesus, the one who created all things, is still sitting, listening, learning, and asking questions. He gets uh, what, uh, what we are going through. I mean, this, this next verse, I don't feel like this verse really does justice to what I think happened here. When his parents saw him, they were astonished, and his mother said to him, son, why have you treated us so? Behold, your father and I have been searching for you in great distress. I feel like I read this verse in kind of that monotone, monotone voice, and you're like, oh yeah, Mary just saw she finally saw Jesus, and I was like, hey, why have you treated us this way? Now, I don't know if any of your parents ever kind of go into, like, the mom flip-out mode, right? But I'm willing to bet Mary was, I mean, in great distress, was probably more like, Oh, my gosh, Jesus, it's so good to see you. Where have you been? Well, your dad and I have been, like, stressed out. And, like, we pulled out our hair. all that's why your dad's ready. <laughs> Where have you been? Oh, we're so worried. We're so worried for you. And then, my, like, you know, being a good mom, she's probably like, Oh, oh it's so good to see you. Oh, you scared me. I'm so sorry. Right? She was probably in, like, total total like mom, like freak out mode. Um, And she's, she's, I mean, stressed, stressed, worried. Um, Anyway, and Jesus responds, "Uh, I I would love to see like Mary and Joseph's face with this. And he said to them, why were you looking for me? Did you not know that I must be in my father's house? Jesus is like, why'd you look everywhere else for me? (laughs) Did you know, like, I'd be right here. This is what I enjoy doing. Why are you freaking out, mom? Seriously, you're embarrassing me. Um, and they did not understand uh, the saying that he said, uh, said to them. Uh, again, he's God, and he's still working with his parents here. Uh, and he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was submissive to them. And his mother treasured up all these things in her heart. Again, the God of the universe is submitting to his earthly authorities, submitting to his parents. Now, I know that 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 concept of this word here of of kind of listening to our parents, obeying our parents, may not be the most popular concept here. But a lot of times as I I was growing up and needed to, to listen to my parents, I was like, Mom, I know what I'm doing. You don't know what you're doing. I'm smarter than you, blah, 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 blah. I thought I was smarter than my parents. Jesus actually was smarter than his parents, right? And he still was willing to submit to them. And I'm willing to bet you are not smarter than your parents in most of the things you think you are. But even though Jesus was, he still submitted to them. He gets what you are going through. Finally, you read this, and Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and favor with God and man. Jesus knew he was in this process of growing, developing, um, uh, growing in his, again, in his wisdom, growing in his stature, physically getting taller and, and stronger and in favor with God and man and in his way to relate to other uh, other people. And, and I made, I, I know this may be hard for you to to realize um, and hard to see. And I I don't pretend to know the purposes God has for you in your life and the plans that God has for you in your life. But I can tell you, you can actively be preparing for them now. And and what I mean by that is I, I believe my education opened up the opportunity for me to be a pastor today. Right? My education, even though I have a degree in chemical engineering um, and all that other stuff, it opened up these opportunities for me. And so, by being a disciplined student, then it gave me opportunities to, for what I think God wanted for me today. The verses that I memorized from the Bible in elementary school and middle school, I still, they will come up in, in ran, the randomest times today in my life now. I'm like, I haven't thought about that verse for 20 years and it'll pop in my head, right? And that's the preparation then that's making an impact now in my life. Right? Um, you know, you know, I, I think my parents have been instrumental in my life, but it took, but it, part of that comes from building a relationship with of trust with them then that carries over now. You know, it was after my freshman year of high school that I really decided that I wanted to to walk with the Lord. And I see how the foundations I laid for my relationship with God then of reading the Bible, of praying, that, that disciplined time with the Lord then is still impacting my life now for what God has for me today. Right, My junior and senior years of high school, I really started actively serving uh, within the youth ministry and in other places. And I think that developed my heart of service, of caring for people that I see impacting my life today. Those were steps of preparation I took then that are impacting my life now. Part of who I am, uh, I I think I am today, uh, is because... You know, I I didn't screw up some things with sexual immorality or drugs uh, and some of that. Um, and, And as you are staying pure, that is part of your preparation for the future. That is part of you saying, hey, God, I believe you have a plan for my life. And because you have a purpose and you have a plan, I want to be in obedience to you today. All of these things are ways that I am preparing my life for what God has planned for my future. And, and I, I believe you can be in this, this mode of preparation, but it requires you to submit to some things that you may or may not like. But it's preparing for the life and the future God has for you. Um, we need to pause. We need to play a little game. Okay. You, uh, other people may not have guessed what you were acting, but... Jesus gets us. He gets us. Um, I want to look at uh, uh, two other stories, or just kind of thoughts, phases of Jesus' life I want us to think about. Um, next, you know, Jesus, think about, I want to think about Jesus as kind of a young adult. You know, there's, a, there's at least a, like a 20-year gap between the story of him as 12 uh, and when we see uh, when we see kind of the next uh, next story uh, about Jesus, I think Jesus was likely born uh, in September of four BC. Uh, around then, uh, he was likely crucified in thirty or thirty-three AD. Uh, his ministry was three years, so so uh, you know from the time he was twelve till somewhere over twenty-seven or thirty AD. Uh, we we really don't have much or anything. Uh, recorded um, it just at you know somewhere around this thirty, 30, uh, uh, 30 a d um, he starts his ministry and he 's baptized. Um, we read this in, in luke 20, uh, luke three twenty three it says Jesus when he began his ministry, was about thirty years of age, being the son as it was supposed of Joseph, the son of Heli, and gives his genealogy right so he 's now about 30, uh, 30 years old um, and and again, um, you know, there's just there's this eighteen year gap. What is going on? Well, it, a few things that uh, that we can infer, kind of think about uh, from this this time. Um, first thing uh, is somewhere in this, he dealt with the loss of his dad Joseph, or at least his earthly father. Uh, Joseph. After the story of Jesus in the temple at 12, there's no other mention of Joseph. In fact, at Jesus' crucifixion, he'll look at the apostle John and say, hey, behold, this is your mother. Take, basically, take care of her, right? Um, because, you know, he would be the, the oldest male in his family, um, and he's, he's saying, hey, take, uh, take care of her. They talk about hard times, loss, pain. Jesus, as he was growing up, as a young adult, he had to deal with these things. He had to deal with loss and pain it wasn 't again it wasn 't just, "Hey, baby, Jesus walked then walking on water uh, the next day." Um, also, Jesus had at least three younger brothers and younger sisters, um, and they mocked him and you know, I, um, I you know we read this in in john 7, or john seven there 's kind of this feast, and his younger and his younger brothers are kind of goading him on like. Why aren't you do your miracles there? Are you really the Are you really the Son of God? They're kind of just looking at him and just kind of mocking him. And we read this, um, and it says, "For even his brothers did, for not even his brothers believed him." Right? They're like, "We don't, we don't believe you." Um, Jesus gets your annoying younger siblings who know how to troll you, right? I mean, I, I got to admit it. I'm a younger sibling. I trolled my older siblings. Probably why, my, probably why I troll my kids, right? You know, um, you know, they, like, he gets that sort of stuff, right? We, he returns to his hometown in Matthew 13. And we read this. And when Jesus had finished these parables, he went away from there. And coming to his hometown of Na- in Nazareth, he taught them in their synagogue. So they were astonished. And they said, Where did this man get this wisdom and these mighty works? They're so like, who, who are you? What is, like, this is just weird. What is, who are you? They're not like, oh, yeah, we've seen your life for the last 30 years, and hey, yeah, we believe you. They're like, who are you? What is this, right? Is this not the carpenter's son? Oh, my gosh. He's not the carpenter's son. He's just a manual laborer. Why are you, what are you, what are you doing here? It's not his mother Mary and not his brothers James and Joseph and Simon and jo- Judas. Excuse me, four brothers. Um, uh, and, and a lot of these sisters with us, where did he get all these things, right? They're, they're looking at him like, this doesn't make any sense. We know this guy. He's kind of like one of the losers of the town. Why, are we, why would we listen to him? And it says, and they took offense at him. Jesus said to them, a prophet is not without honor except in his hometown and his own household. The people closest to Jesus are the people rejecting him. The people, you know, he'll go to other towns and do miracles. You know, he goes to Samaria, right? And the whole town is like, oh, this is the Messiah. He goes to his own hometown, the people who have known him his whole life. And they're like, you're a loser. Get out of here. Jesus was rejected by those close to him. And finally here, we see that Jesus Jesus had to provide for his family. During this period of time, um, his dad was a carpenter, so most likely um, he you know, kind of followed his dad in that. He had to spend time during the, you know, from 12 to, to 30, just probably making things out of wood. Right? He spent a time doing a job. It's, it's not just uh, like, hey, I went to school and then I do miracles. You know, and then, you know, I can't tell you how valuable I believe my time was working as an engineer before I started working here. Uh, at RBC. Lee will talk a lot about the, the value he got out of his time working at Liberty on Liberty Grounds. Some things like that just prepare you uh, for what God has for you. And then I know this might be a little, sounds a little weird, and it's just file this away for five to ten years from now. Um, you know, when I was graduating from Virginia Tech, there's a lot of ideas that I had about, man, how I, I need to go and do something big for God right now. I've got to go do all this. And I remember talking to Bob Schull at the time. And I was like, Bob, what about this and that, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, and Bob, Bob counseled me then, and it was some of, the, some of the wisest counsel I got. He was like, Aaron, you know what? In many ways, your 20s are your throwaway years. And not throw away in the sense that, that it doesn't, you know, you just do whatever you want in there. But he said, it doesn't matter as much what you do as who you are becoming and the character you develop in that time. You know, and as I talk to a ton of our, our different missionaries and other people um, that, that I, I've seen um, and, and, and different people that are successful in a lot of different careers, right? And they'll always... Uh, talk about times of preparation that God had for them, right? Uh, and, and, you know, like our, our missionaries, I think of like the Fioris in, in Milan, Italy, right? If you talk to Sam Fiore, he'll be like, yeah, my first 20 years as a missionary here in Milan were really just preparation for what God had for me next, like, it's years of preparation and work and pre- like, of developing these relationships, learning the language skills in order for the ministry to, to, really, uh, to really explode, right? You look at, um, you know, Pastor Minner and he started Rest Reston Bible Church, right? I mean, he failed out of the Naval Academy. He spent years selling life insurance and shining shoes and those were all to develop a character that allowed him to lead well. God cares more right now where you're at about developing your character and who you are when no one's looking than he does about what you can do for him. God is always about developing our character. And one of the best practical ways that you can prepare for what God has for you in your future is developing that character saying, I want to be someone of integrity, of who I am when, when, when no one else is around. I want to act that same way regardless of who's watching. Last, uh, last qu- quick story uh, we're gonna look at is Jesus' baptism. Uh, if you look at the Gospel of Matthew, it goes from the, the wise men coming. The very next story is the baptism. Mark and John's account, both, both those Gospels start with the baptism of Jesus. Luke goes shepherds, then he's 12 years old, then the baptism. Um, and then right after the baptism, he's, he's tempted, um, and then, uh, then he's going to call his disciples and do ministry, miracles and kind of really start his formal three years uh, of ministry. And this is a big preparation step. We're going to look at his uh, temptation in, in coming weeks, um, but this is kind of like one of the last preparation steps before he launches his formal ministry. And John the Baptist has been preaching, hey, the Messiah is coming, the Messiah is coming. He's saying, repent, get ready, uh, for the Messiah is coming. And we read this uh, in Matthew chapter 3. Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to, the Jordan, to John to be baptized by him. John would have, uh, would have prevented him saying, I need to be baptized by you, and you come to me. John, John is basically like, whoa, 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 this is the other way around. Jesus, you baptized me, not, not, me, uh, not me baptize uh, you. This is all kind of weird. I don't, I don't like it. You know, John recognized that Jesus is the Messiah, and he says, you have a higher rank. You should baptize me, not me uh, baptize you. But Jesus persists and answered, and it says, Jesus answered him, let it be so now, for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he consented. Jesus is basically like, no, no, no. This is the way uh, this this is supposed to happen. Now, when I think about why uh, Jesus uh, was baptized, why he needed to be baptized, well, first of all, in, in their day and age, being baptized was a sign of, of identification, right? What I mean by that is, is, by being baptized by you, I'm identifying that I'm on your team, right? Or that I agree with, with you. Um, we all know some people here, that very frequently wear jerseys of particular sports teams, right? I don't need any, any names or anything like that, right? When you're wearing that jersey of that sports team, I am identifying this is who I'm a fan of, right? Um, I'm a fan. I'm on, I'm on, I'm on this team, right? And, and two of those people have a particular game later today between their teams, um, the Ravens are playing the Steelers today. Oh, yeah! Yeah, whatever. Um, but it's a sign of your allegiance, right? And then, in the same way, baptism in Jesus' day is a sign of who, who you believe uh, in. And so, by being baptized, Jesus is affirming John's ministry and John's message. And that, that message was that, hey, repent for the Messiah is coming, right? But also, baptism is a big sign of submission, right? And it's this huge pattern we're seeing throughout Jesus' preparation. He's always willing to submit. He's not like, hey, it's all about me. But notice, he's saying it's, it's, it's to fulfill all righteousness. This is fitting, or this is right. And so uh, finally we read, um, and when Jesus was baptized, immediately he went up uh, from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove, coming to rest on him. And behold, a voice from heaven said, this is my beloved Son, with whom I'm well pleased. Uh, so he comes up from the water, boom, um, and, and there's this, again, there's this, this voice from God. I am curious kind of how that voice sounded, if it was like you know, this is my beloved son. Or like, he's got, if God has a deep voice or whatnot. Um, but it's affirming him, right? Broadcast to everyone uh, that Jesus is the Messiah. And these are the same reasons why we're baptized today. We're identifying with Jesus. We're on team Jesus. It's an act of obedience. I do it because God told me to do it. And finally, it's a, it's a public declaration to everyone that this is, this, is, this is what God has done for me. But here's my big point. Jesus didn't dive in right at 15 years old and say, hey, I'm going to go walk on water today. Um, I'm going to go, you know, I'm going to go do all these miracles today. He submitted. He prepared. He obeyed God's plan for him. And 30 years, at the end of 30 years, Jesus, or God finally says, hey, this is my son with whom I'm well pleased. It's a 30-year process uh, for that. And I just, I throw that out to us today. Just, again, I, I, I think so easily, we just think that Jesus went from baby to walking on water. But there's this whole process that God went through, Jesus went through. And as we talked about our theme verse earlier on, that we now can draw near to the throne of grace with a confidence to receive mercy and help in our time of need. The stuff that you are going through today, whether it's issues with your parents, issues with your younger siblings, issues at school, loss, pain, grief, why do I have to listen to this person? Why do I have to submit to this authority? I don't get it. This is frustrating. This is annoying. This is hard. I'm anxious. I'm worried. I'm stressed. All these different things. Jesus gets you. He understands what you're going through. He went through so many of those similar experiences that you do. And he's not like, gosh, you are one pathetic loser. I can't believe you struggle like that. That's dumb. No, he's like, I understand the pain, the heartache, the mess. Come to me Confidently. Confidently knowing that I listen, that I care, that I'm there for you. I'm not going to reject you. I'm not going to say you're dumb. I care about you. I was willing to die for you. And, and second, I, I, would want us to, I would want us to walk away asking, okay, God, how do you want me to prepare this year? If I'm, if I'm preparing for what you have for my future, what do you want me to do this year to prepare for that? Is there an area of my character that I, that I need to grow on? Are there some skills that I need to develop? Or maybe I just need to become faithful and actually spending time with you this year. Because I want to prepare for what you have for me. I want to memorize some passages of scripture. Whatever those things are, God, I want to prepare for what you have for me. And I see that today is a day that you're working in my heart, you're working my life for what you want to do later. And I'm willing to submit to that. I'm willing to submit to that process to honor, to glorify, and worship you because I think you have a plan and I think you have a purpose for me. And that's my prayer for us today, that we would approach God with confidence. And then we'd say, God, how do you want to prepare me? Now, um, over the next uh, several weeks, again, we're going to be going through this series, looking at the gospel, uh, a lot of the gospel of Matthew. To help you, just kind of give you some ideas, nothing, uh, nothing required. Uh, as you are handing out, uh, handing out, as you are walking out today, um, uh, Christina has for you Two things of, or one and a half things of coolness and awesomeness. Um, First of all, there's a, and a lot of these will be up on our website. Um, So one, there's a little card, okay, what she's holding her hand, kind of a half sheet that says, hey, this is what we would encourage you to read uh, each week. These will also be uh, up on uh, all the social media stuff if you go on uh, and on RBC's website, and there's also a little devotional that uh, Christina's writing uh, each week um, that kind of goes through some, some ideas of uh, kind of some context and some backstory for the, for the passages that we'll look at each week or just really walking us through, through Matthew. These aren't required, but if you're like, hey, you know what? Today, I'm like, I, I do know I want to be more consistent in reading God's Word. Um, this is a resource, tool that we have for you. Uh, if you put up my next slide for me, uh, there should be two questions. Uh, nope, that one. Two questions. Turn to the person next to you. You got two minutes. Answer these questions, and then I will dismiss you. Thank you. Okay, I'm going to pray for us, and then you all are dismissed. God in heaven, I thank you for just a, another beautiful day that you blessed us with. It is absolutely gorgeous outside, and this is a testimony of your goodness towards us. Lord. And God, as, as we are entering a new year, Lord, God, I, I pray that we would know this year in deeper ways your rich presence with us, Lord. I pray that we would know that you aren't some distant, far-off God, but you are a God who is real, who is active, who is with us, who cares about us, who loves us. Um, God, I, I just I pray that we would know you in richer uh, and deeper ways uh, this year, Lord. I pray that we, in whatever pain, mess, issues, struggles we're going through, that, that we would know that you are an approachable God who delights in our prayers, who delights to talk to us, Lord. And I pray that we would draw near to you confidently, Lord. And God, I, I, I pray... Um, that we would see kind of where we are today as a preparation, Lord. We don't know what you have for our future, but we know uh, that you want to develop and grow our character. And you know, we know that you have plans for us, Lord, and we want to be in step uh, with that, Lord. So God, help us to honor, glorify, and worship you this year, Lord. God, may this year be one uh, where we can look back at the end. I mean, even if we have to deal with a lot of heartache, pain, and mess, Lord, that we would know that you're still good, that you're God, and that you are worthy to be praised. We love you, God, and we're grateful for you. In your son's name we pray. Amen. Amen.